I'm, I'm starting a series on bravery. You ask me, why, Pastor, why are you starting a series on bravery? And, uh, well, it was because the ladies have started a daily devotion by Annie Downs called 100 Days to Brave. It is a devotion for unlocking your most courageous self. So it's just a series of unlocking those things that you feel uncomfortable, afraid, intimidated by. And I thought, well, if the ladies are going to do it, then the men got to know. We can all just do it as a body, right? And uh, of believers, this devotional helps you be brave enough to start. And here's what it says in the book, and I kind of wrote it down here in my notes. To be you, believe in God, to dream, to work hard, to love others, to face change, to persevere, to pursue healing, to pursue healing, to serve, and brave enough. To where, to be where you are, and just be brave enough. So if you don't know what the book looks like, uh, Tiffany started it. She kind of said, hey, I'm going to be reading this book, and other people just jumped on the bandwagon, and that's Tiffany Katopka. And uh, so I had the book up here, and I just thought, well, you know what? I love being courageous in Christ. I love speaking on being brave, because being brave is is probably such a, a cool uh, a way of really explaining what Christianity is about. And if you'll see up here on the screen, I had, take a bold step, you were made for bravery. Because anything you do, if you're not brave enough, you'll never take a step. You have to take a step closer to becoming braver and more courageous in your walk. So I thought, wait a minute, I'm going to break this down. You know, people say, what is brave? So what does the book really mean? And I I like the way that she, as I read a couple of the devotions, how she was, you know, targeting some of these areas of healings and persevering and uh, just serving. But bravery, courageous behavior or character is what Wikipedia says. Valor, daring, fearlessness, being bold or heroism, doing something that you're just not comfortable with. Bravery is the admirable quality of being able to confront frightening things. Being able to confront frightening things like praying or having somebody come up to you and say, would you pray over me? See, what you miss sometimes, I think... When you hear people say that, it has nothing to do with who you are in Christ. It has everything to do with what you've been able to practice. For example, bravery was the first time I said, I'm actually going to preach a message. Now, when we were at the Y over there, actually the first message was on the deck at Leslie's house on 4th Street. But I remember thinking, okay, I've got all of this stuff and I need to put it in. Now, this is hysterical because I went through some of my messages. My first message, yes, it is true. Nine pages long. And I feel sometimes so sad for all those that were so faithful that sat through nine pages of, all right, and uh, of me probably reading and reading and reading and reading, probably barely looking up at you, because I was frightened. How many of you are afraid of public speaking? 
All right, so we're all together. Thank God. I mean, you know, everybody's like, I could do that. I could do that. I, no, it's frightening. Being brave is doing something that God has called you to do. And Annie hit the nail on the head when it came to what is your spiritual gift? How do you apply that spiritual gift? How do you make it applicable to your walk in Christ? I was afraid. I didn't know how it was going to turn out. Who would love me? Who would hate me? All these things. Now, how does a pastor do it? How does a pastor actually preach messages every week? And then he stands up there and he talks for 45 minutes and nobody interacts with him? How is that even possible? I guess that's why God calls some of us, because we don't need anybody to talk back. We just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, right, Cass? And talk. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. How was work yesterday? Did you guys make it home early enough? Praise the Lord. All right. And uh, we had our board meeting Friday night, and she, you know, she has to work one Saturday every week, and so... Right when they're getting ready to go, Steve and I decide, don't talk to me about lawns, flowers, or anything else, because I will give you my doc- doctrinal thesis paper on what is grass in your yard. Poor thing. I think she was tortured through the whole thing. But anyhow, it is what it is. And I've got to tell you that today we're not on Facebook, so this is why I, I just, what's that? Oh, we are on. That was not fair to me. You weren't supposed to say that. Well, welcome to New Hope Akron. So I just thought I would be more down homey. Was I down homey enough right then? So anyhow, it doesn't matter. And uh, this is our church. This is who we are, and I love it. And, and I'm glad for those that, that get to tune, on, tune in and be a part of it. But, uh, you know, it, it's just fun. And so uh, let me tell you just how brave I, I truly am. So when I'm up here preaching and I'm teaching and my daughters start laughing because I mispronunciate a word... That's being brave because there's times when I'm preaching that I get ahead of myself and my tongue and my eye teeth and everything get all tied up and they just laugh. They're like, oh, poor dad. He's pathetic and pitiful. I know what they're really thinking. But you know what? You, you try to engage and try to make this exciting and fun and, and really what does the scriptures have to say about bravery? What does the scriptures have to say about our heavenly father? What? What does the scriptures have to say about our Savior? You know, one of the things that I was frightened over as a pastor was being able to really exhibit the love of Christ and being able to show you the love of Christ and to be able to take God's holy word and to be able to talk about one of the purest, perfect men that ever walked this earth, and his name is Jesus. And so every week I come up here, you know, I have to examine my heart, examine my soul, examine my life and ask, am I really, you know, uh, acknowledging and praising the one that came who died to give me life? That's true bravery, bravery, because I'm frightened sometimes by the outcome because I will stand before almighty God and a holy God that will say, Todd, why didn't you? So my accountability behind this pulpit is not to man, it is to God. And so it becomes frightening for me. But I know that I have to take that step of faith and every week do what he has called me to do, even though I'm afraid. Our second born daughter will be 20 this year. She's frightened by taking the driver's test. 
So for her, she's got to, Victoria's got to overcome that feeling. For some of you that maybe have, maybe you waited, you know, to get your license, I said to, to my wife, I want her to be comfortable with getting her license. I, she's a phenomenal driver. But I think it's just the, the matter of taking the test, the fear of that. How many of you have had that, that fear when you take tests? It's me. When I take a test, I can study, 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 and all of a sudden I get before that test and my mind goes blank. And so it's the grace of God that I even have a diploma and a degree. Thank you, Jesus, for walking with me on this journey. Second Chronicles chapter 19, verse 11. Second Chronicles, we're going to be in the Old Testament Second Chronicles chapter 19, and I'm going to be reading the, the whole chapter here. It's only 11 verses, but we're going to be talking about Jehoshaphat and how he appoints judges and what he went through. And today, I hope that by the time we leave, we understand that bravery comes with being accountable, comes with integrity and honesty, comes with loyalty to God, concern for righteousness, being courageous. Because all of these are essential to spiritual leadership in your walk with Christ. And so in this series, every week I'll be highlighting, you know, what I feel that God anointed a man or called a woman or used that individual to be brave in their life and in their walk. Verse 19, verse 1. When King Jehoshaphat of Judah arrived... Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him. Why should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? He asked the king. You see, because of what you have done, the Lord is very angry with you. Even so, there is some good in you, for you have removed the Asherah poles throughout the land, and you have committed yourself to seeking God. Verse 4. Josaphat lived in Jerusalem, but he went out among the people traveling from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim, encouraging the people to return to the Lord and God of their ancestors. He appointed judges throughout the nation in all the fortified towns, and he said to them, Always think carefully before pronouncing judgment. Remember that you do not judge to please people, but to please the Lord. He will be with you. When you render the verdict in each case, fear the Lord and judge with integrity for the Lord. Our God does not tolerate perverted justice, partiality or the taking of bribes in Jerusalem. Jehoshaphat appointed some of the Levites and priests and clan leaders in Israel to serve as judges for cases involving the Lord's regulations and for civil disputes. These were his instructions to them. You must always act in the fear of the Lord with faithfulness and an undivided heart. Whenever a case comes to you from fellow citizens in an outlying town, whether a murder case or some other violation of God's laws, commands, decrees, or regulations, you must warn them not to sin against the Lord so that he will not be angry with you and them. Do this and you will not be guilty. Amariah, the high priest, will have final say in all cases involving the Lord. Zebediah, son of Ishmael, a leader from the tribe of Judah, will have final say in all civil cases. 
the Levites will assist you in making sure that justice is served. And he concludes this chapter. Take courage. Be brave as you fulfill your duties. And may the Lord be with you, those who do what is right. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for helping us to to just take your word and apply it to our life. Help us to be brave. Help us to to spread the gospel. Help us to let people see who Jesus is in us. Father, help us to do right. Help us to understand where accountability, accountability lies in you, Father. So, Lord, take this word and teach us from it this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. So he says there, take courage as you fulfill your duties, and may the Lord be with you with those who do what is right. So Jehoshaphat, he faces possible death that was diverted by God. He's rebuked because of his alliances that he set with others. Verse 2 of Second Chronicles 19 says, And Jehu, the son of Hananiah, the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? Therefore the wrath of the Lord is upon you. This same prophet had earlier given Jehoshaphat's father, Asa, a similar warning. However, if you'll notice in this chapter, God shows mercy to Jehoshaphat because the king had a great concern over Jerusalem's true worship of the Lord God Almighty. So then Jehoshaphat put God's kingdom in great spiritual order. And that at any time since the time when Solomon was over. To ensure this order, he set judges in every place and gave them principles to rule by. His first principle to rule by was accountability to God. In verse 6, I read, and he said to them, always think carefully before pronouncing judgment. Be very, very careful. Integrity and honesty. In verse 7, fear the Lord and judge with integrity. For the Lord our God does not tolerate perverted justice, partiality, or taking of bribes. And he also was teaching Jehoshaphat that there needs to be loyalty to God. And that was spelled out in verse 9. These were his instructions to them. You must always act in the fear of the Lord, in faithfulness of the Lord, in concern for righteousness found in verse 10. Whenever a case comes to you, from a fellow citizen in an outlying town. Rather, a murder case or some other violation of God's laws, commands, degrees, or regulations, you must warn them to not sin against the Lord so that he will not be angry with you and them. Do this and you will not be found guilty. Do this and you will not be found guilty. And then we notice being courageous in verse 11. He said, take courage as you fulfill your duties. And we realize that each and every one of these, these are essential to spiritual leadership. The English word for courage comes from the French word, courage. I don't speak French. I don't speak anything. But I I send a little Amish right now. 
but it's French, Scottish. Okay, there we go. I don't know. Which actually means heart. When that's broke down, it means to take heart. Jehoshaphat understood that before God's people could be great and do great things, they couldn't lose heart. So do something that might make you uncomfortable. Look to the person next to you and say, don't lose heart. Look behind you, in front of you, and now say this to them with all power and authority in you. Take courage. courage. There you go. (laughs) They're perfect. General Omar Bradley remarked, bravery is the capacity to perform properly even when scared half to death. Did you hear what he said? Bravery is the capacity to perform properly even when you're scared half to death. Oh, little old David went up against that mighty giant and he was scared to death. Many people think that, you know, I think we picture David as this stocky dude, but I think he looked more like me when I was back in my teenage years. Just a pencil head, skinny, skinny kid with big, huge glasses. In that category, that is called nerd. But one thing he had, he might have had a sense of being afraid. But as that little shepherd boy knew and heard the voice of God, and at that young age, he went up against a giant, and he said, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. I'm going to be brave. And so he took his sling, and he had those stones, and it only took that one little sling to take Goliath down. Do you know what's so frightening about being brave? Is thinking within yourself the insecurities that you face. How are people going to respond to me if I mess up teaching, preaching, praying, singing? If I just mess up and everybody's watching. Folks, that's called pride. And where pride takes residence in our life, humility can't come in and the Spirit of God can't use you like He wants to use you. And so David said, oh, here I am. And he puts on that big, huge helmet. And he said, "Uh, King, you're this big, huge, stout, awesome dude, and I appreciate it. But I can't see because the thing's falling down in front of my face. I mean, just think, Jace, think what was going on. And he said, but I have a stone. And can you imagine some of his brothers, some of the soldiers, some of the other ones that every day when that big, huge Philistine giant was up against him, that every day kept thinking, what is my outcome going to be? What about if I fail? But he didn't do that because he knew that Almighty God had spoke to him. And so it helped him to become more brave. When God speaks to you, do you step out? Do you take that bold step and say, I'm going to do this because it's the right thing to do, despite what others think? Do you think that for, for my humanistic viewpoint, my perspective, that I thought, what if I fail as a pastor starting a church? I want to grow the church. Not shrink the church. God, you're going to use me? He said, yep. Because, Todd, you have so many imperfections, I'm going to use you. 
But here's what he really wanted me to say. In the midst of that moment, he wanted me to say, here I am, God, use me. So he put me in an uncomfortable situation, and he put me in a position that just made me cry out to God. When you're in an uncomfortable place, are you crying out to God? Because he's still there with you. You're frightened because you're looking at yourself instead of focusing on the one that's the healer and the helper. And his name is Jesus. For he's the way, the truth, and the life. You'll never get through your addictions. You'll never get through your hurts. You'll never be able to overcome your habits unless you look to the one that is the way. And his name is Jesus. And so that little dude, David, he looked to the one that gave the whole army life. And he took down that giant. What's your giant? Where have you become brave in your life? Can you reflect back over the last 20 years and say, I know because I went through this situation. If it wasn't for God and his kindness and his love and his mercy and his righteousness, I'm here today because of the mercy and love of God. He did this in and through me because I couldn't surely do it on my own. So in 2 Chronicles 19, Josaphat places all these criticals to get back into the position with God. You heard me say it. Accountability to God. Accountability to God. Integrity and honesty. Loyalty to God. Concern for righteousness. Courage and bravery. It doesn't matter where you're at or what you're doing. It seems like in every locker room, football field, basketball I always see this verse. I can do all things through Christ that gives me strength. This morning I stand up here before you. Starting off my morning. Afraid of the outcome of today's message. But God said, it's okay, Todd. It's not about you. You're delivering the message I laid on your heart. Get up and do the work. Yes, Father, here I am. Use me. And so I get up here, church, frightened. I get up here uncomfortable. But it takes a bold step. And each and every one of you were made to be bold. You were made to be brave. You have to embrace it because you can't do it on your own. So then we practice Philippians 4.13. Oh God, I can do all things through you that give me the strength. H.G. Wells asked, what on earth would a man do with himself if something didn't stand in his way? Every obstacle was made to teach, strengthen, and make us wiser. The greatest people in history were those who faced the most difficult challenges with courage and bravery and rose to the occasion. In his book, The American Scandal, Pat Williams writes about Winston Churchill's last months. Listen to this. He says, in 1964, President Eisenhower went to visit the former prime minister. Eisenhower sat by the bold-spirited leader's bed for a long, long period of time. Neither, 
Neither one of them were speaking. And after 10 minutes, Churchill slowly raised his hand and painstakingly made the V for the victory sign, which he had so often flashed to the British people during the war. Eisenhower, fighting back the tears, pulled his chair back, stood up and saluted him and left the room. To his aide out in the hallway, Eisenhower said, I just said goodbye to Winston, but you never say farewell to courage. When it comes to acting in bravery, you will notice, first, bravery usually involves getting it wrong before you get it right. My phrase is this. The first 10 years of ministry, I did it all wrong. Now I got the rest of my life to do it right. How many of you have raised your kids and said, well, I think I did it wrong. If I had to do it over again, I'd do so many things differently. We've been there. We know that feeling. We don't have that manual. We don't have that book. We know what it takes to be brave. And sometimes it's in those moments when we go, oh, man, I really messed up. I screwed this up royally. You won't do it again because you learned from it. And that's true courage and bravery. Most think that learning is passive. We read and listen. However, learning is a process. Learning is a process. One, you observe. Two, you act. Three, you evaluate. Four, you readjust. And five, you go back to step two and you act again. Secondly, bravery always takes the high road. Bravery always takes the high road. Theodore Roosevelt once said, the most important single ingredient in the formula of success is knowing how to get along with people. Knowing how to get along with people. Remember this. Committing an injury puts you below your enemy. Taking revenge makes you even with him. Forgiving him sets you above. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 39, But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. It's hard, isn't it? Being a Christian is hard. But being a Christian is being courageous, being different, standing out amongst your peers, letting them see Christ in your life, feeling uncomfortable and all sorts of weird. You're looking at me like I'm the only weird one up here. But we know that feeling. And talking about bravery should move all of us to say, you know, it's true. I know that feeling. Third, it takes courage to face the truth about yourself. It takes courage to face the truth about yourself. Hmm. Last evening was my 30th year class reunion. Go 1988. Go to all my classmates. And as I was there, you know, you feel somewhat weird. You feel out of place. And for me, you know, always being different, always being the preacher boy. 
in school, out of school, last 30 years. I wasn't planning on going because we had a job we had to do in Beechwood, Ohio. And so that was delayed and it's tomorrow. But I'm here to tell all of you something. That I had to realize that those that felt weird made an impact in my life. So I started feeling weird and then hesitating. Do I go? Do I not go? But I went. And one of these young ladies walked up to me. Actually, I walked up to her. She was standing on a back fence. And I heard she was there, and I walked all the way back. And I shared a little bit of the story this morning, but I walked all the way back to that fence, and I hugged her. And I said, it sure is great to see you. And as I hugged her, she just started weeping. And she said, I have forgot about you, Todd. I'm still going to come and sit down and talk with you. I realize my shortcomings. I realize my faults. I realize the sin in my life. But I need to take a step to be better. I said, and you can, you can, you can, and you will. And as she wiped her eyes, that's how we greeted one another. But you know what I loved? She knows what it takes to step away from addictions. She knows what it takes to become free. But church, I'm here to tell you, you can't do it sitting down. It takes a step in the right direction. It takes a step in the right direction. It takes a step in the right direction. And that's to Jesus Christ. Healing and hope can only come in and through him. And I loved that the courage that she was facing was acknowledging the truth. About herself. Step number one in AA is what? Admission. Admitting my wrongs and making them right. Understanding. Fourth, it takes courage to change when staying as you are feels more comfortable. Woo! It takes courage and bravery to change when staying as you are feels more comfortable. I like it where I'm at. How can you like it where you're at? You're deteriorating. You're suffering. You're dying. You've lost your family. How can you tell me that it's comfortable? It's not comfortable. Quit lying to yourself. Be brave. Be courageous. You can do it. With Christ, all things are possible. Todd Tackett is not the same man today as I was yesterday. God's changed me. He's molded me. He's remade me. Suffering brings us to a place where we cry out to Him. And only God can help us. Number five. It takes courage and true bravery to stand for your convictions when you know they'll be challenged. Wow. It takes courage and true bravery to stand for your convictions when you know they'll be challenged. You will bow a knee to the world before, you're, before you will take a bold step for your Savior. Did you hear what I said? You'll bow your knee to the world before you'll take a bold step for your Savior. 
And I'm here to say to each and every one of you, and everybody that ever listens to New Hope Akron, that you'll never be free until you take a bold step of being courageous and brave and seek the face of God, not his hands, not what you can get from him, but what you can give and understand the love and the mercy that God has for you. He will help you and he will heal you. It's amazing as I was sitting, reflecting. Last night, 30 years. 30 years ago? What? 30 years? I remember when my dad told me he had a 30-year class reunion. He was old. I'm like, you're an old man. Isn't that amazing? They said the same thing to me last night. Dad, how many years is it? I said, 30. Oh, you're old, Dad. Okay. And so now we've finally arrived to oldness. But I remember 30 years ago when I graduated. I don't know at your school if you had to do the last will and testament. Did anybody do that? Well, in our class, we had to leave the last will and testament. It was very, very hard for me. But I had to do something that I wanted to leave just an imprint, a footprint, an impact upon my classmates' lives. So I decided I was going to leave them the plan of salvation. People were leaving them, you know, the bad teacher they didn't like. People were leaving them, you know, old basketball or whatever. And I knew that being brave meant what I said here, to stand for your conviction when you know that you'll be challenged. I'm taking a stand for Jesus. And I was reminded that 30 years later, I'm glad that I didn't give up on the one that's been traveling with me as I've been traveling with him. And his name is Jesus. 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 There is something about that name. Take courage. Be brave. You see, because of Jehoshaphat's convictions, what was the results in our, in our text today? In Second Chronicles 20, Jehoshaphat prays, God hears and tells him that he has his back. Listen, here's where it says in 17 to 21. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for you know why? For the Lord is with you. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out before the army and were singing, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Amen, Moab, and Mount Seir were all defeated as he said, Praise the Lord for your mercies endure forever. Courage will always defeat every enemy. Start being brave by prayer. Courage will defeat every enemy. Bravery will defeat every enemy. 
Take a bold step, church. And in closing, do you see brave when you look around your life? In the face in the mirror as well as in the faces you see when you are gathered with your friends, with your family, and with people that you know, love, and adore. Who is displaying courage? Who is displaying courage? Someone battling a disease? Acting in spite of fear? Chasing dreams? Where do you see brave moments in your family? Where do you see brave moments in your own life? Where do you see those brave moments in your friends? From her book, Anne writes, Are you reading something that sounds brave? Have you watched a film that reminded you of something brave? Courage is in the arts all the time. Take some time to be encouraged by getting a good movie that pushes you to be better and braver and more courageous. So be brave. When you see brave, say so. Get a good book. Open up that book. Dive into that book. And your life will change forever. You see, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. On your journey, have you thrown in the white flag of surrender? Have you said, I'm done? I don't want to be brave anymore. This is tiring. It's exhausting. Serving the Lord is exhausting. I I just, I can't do it anymore. Or you said, no, I'm going to wave the flag of victory. God's been speaking to you. God's been pressing upon your heart to do something. And you know what's amazing to me? Is we can do a lot of things when we take a step of faith. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. We can't always see, feel, and touch the power of Almighty God. But I'll tell you this. When you take that bold step of bravery, you will see, feel, and touch the power of Almighty God. As we close today, where are you, church? How courageous have you been in your walk? Have you spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? Or have you spread your opinion? Because nobody cares about your opinion. They care about your Savior. That's all that matters. It's just Jesus. So today, take that bold step. Become brave. Why? Because each and every one of you were made for bravery. I'm going to share something with you. And I wasn't planning on doing this, but I'm going to just share this story. Last week, we went down to the the ark. And when I got a... We walk, you know, we, I've always wanted to go there and just be able to see Noah's Ark. And I wish I had my phone up here because I would read it. I would read a text from you. And Jody, I'm not going to look your way, but Jody received some bad news about her father, and he's, she, he's already suffered kidney cancer, 
but they said that he had stage four lung cancer. And so in, in a moment, I decided to just, I, I was debating, do I call Tom? You know, what do I do? And, and he and I talked on the phone, and we, we text quite a bit, you know, back and forth, off and on. And So I thought I would just text him this long message and tell him that God loves you, and he cares for you, and he's not intimidated by how you feel. Be brave through your journey. Be encouraged that God has not abandoned you, that he is with you, and he cares for you. And I will tell you that I, I wasn't expecting this at all. I wasn't expecting the outcome of his response. So just to let you know, I've read your dad's response not once, not twice, not three times, not four, not five, not six. I've opened up my phone and I've read Tom's response. And as my daughter brings me my phone, I just want to read this because it just, it meant so much to me. And, and I thought, man, he is so brave through this journey that he's already been on and what he, is, he has, has suffered through. But his response moved me to become more encouraged and to share the gospel with more people than, than I do. Because sometimes I'm intimidated. Listen to Tom's heroic statement to me. Thanks for the words of blessings, my brother. I feel strong and encouraged reading them this day. I am not fearful because my God forgives my shortcomings and will welcome me to paradise when he is ready to receive me. I will wait in anticipation for his glory. That's bravery. Wow. So it moved me to say, wow, who anticipates glory? We could say in our healthy state, we anticipate it. But he has anticipated it. And so please be in prayer for Tom as he takes this brave, bold step to journey through this. As he's already been brave. But that's a man. Who through his fear, he's relying on the one that can comfort him. And his name is Jesus. Be brave. You were made for bravery. Let's all stand. Father, we love you and we thank you that this morning we can come before you, Lord. Understanding that even in this room there's so many that have loved ones that are suffering through this earthly curse called cancer. And Lord, we know that even in some that have been in this room who have suffered with illness, they've had to take a bold step of bravery. So this morning, Father God, I pray that if you're pressing upon the hearts of men, women, children to be brave, to take a step of faith, Lord, we love you. We know we can't do this without you. Lord, as we conclude this message, we will and we can do all things through Christ that gives us the strength we need.
Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you for Jehoshaphat's righteousness and loyalty to getting rid of idols and to fearing you more, God, than fearing what man had to feel about him. God, thank you for your word this morning. If there's someone here that needs you, may they cry out to you. Your holy name we pray. Amen. Great song fitting for this morning. I give you my heart. Will you give him your heart this morning? Let's sing.